the blast from our past network. Codrite! Codrite! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two superfans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back. Because we love Seinfeld, you love Seinfeld, everybody loves Seinfeld. What's not? What's the deal with Seinfeld? <laughs> I was thinking you could say, what's not to love about Seinfeld? Yeah, that's true. I, I love the Drake, and I love <laughs> Seinfeld. Uh, I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today, we are talking Season 5, Episode 15, The Pie. It first aired on February 17th, 1990. Fizzor. I don't know why I said it that way. Uh, 1994. Uh, Corey, my man, could you please give us that synopsis? Yep. February 17th. That would have been two days after my birthday back then. So, The Pie. Jerry meets his girlfriend's father, Poppy, and loses his appetite. Elaine discovers that a mannequin resembling her has been showing up in window displays. George plots a strategy to buy a suit on sale. Kramer dates a monk's cashier. There we go. Okay, that's, yeah, that's longer than I thought it was going to be, but also, you know, even more basic than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. All right, we will start things up. And per usual, we start off with a little stand-up, this one on mannequins. That's right. Aren't mannequins an insult to your imagination? You couldn't possibly visualize a sweater, so we'll show you on this life-size snotty puppet. I guess when they're finished, they become crash test dummies. That's the end of the line for all mannequins. Whatever happened to Bob? Have you seen that new Volvo commercial? He's got a bullseye right on his face. Mannequins are only used for car accidents in fashion. I guess they're, those are the two types of situations that's impossible for us to imagine ourselves in. Well-dressed or getting killed. I'm sure some pro-mannequin organizations don't even like the use of the term mannequins. Hey, they're not mannequins. They are life-deprived. So, 94, and he's already getting into an idea that there's, like, a political correct way Mm -hmm. of saying things. And boy, oh boy, do I remember the beginnings of political correctness. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And they're still around. Well, yeah, yeah, it is a thing. Uh, Some necessary, some not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's a really tough line to talk in. <laughs> We're not going to talk about too much of it, but yeah, I'm with you there, where it's just like, there are certain things where I'm just like, God damn, just stop whining. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. And then other stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, we should stop saying that, or we should stop doing that, or you know, other stuff and, as well. And clearly, he's mocking the concept that, that people nitpick just the smallest things. He's mm-hmm. not mocking the, like, things properly should be, yeah. you know, uh, corrected and everything. But yeah, and actually, and, and by the way, I actually kind of liked uh, this stand-up. It wasn't, like, great, but it wasn't terrible either, and it kind of, it sets, sets the tone for the episode, truthfully. I actually felt that that stand-up ended better than it started yeah agreed yeah like at the beginning of it i was like why is the hate on all the mannequins i mean (laughs) it's actually they're kind of nice because you know it's it's it is helpful it's helpful viewing to see (laughs) to see that stuff but like i don't know and then at the end it's it it did tie it together a little bit more like yeah you know comedy wrap up so 
All right, now let's start our scene by scene. Uh, Jerry at Monk's. He's with his love interest of the episode, Audrey. Yep. She is played by Suzanne Snyder. Round two. Oh, she's, Suzanne Snyder's been in, in here twice? She was in the limo, baby. Oh, that was her. Okay, I forgot. Yeah. Well, this is this is an episode of round twos. Yes, yes, it uh, is. Okay, uh, <laughs> so she she's the blonde in the limo. She's the blonde Nazi. Yes, she is. She's the blonde Nazi, and uh, she was a huge crush for me growing up in Return of the Living Dead Part Two. She played opposite Tom Matthews. She had very like vibrantly red hair in that movie. Um, and in, and at the it's sort of you know, spoiler alert, it's an old movie, but um, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Matthews' character gets turned into a zombie again, and then he eventually eats her brains. Uh, and it's kind of funny when it happens. But, yeah, I've always, always, always had a huge crush on Suzanne Snyder. Oh, she is uh, extremely attractive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know how I missed that part, but I definitely noticed, you know, her credits from Weird Science, Killer Car- Cra- Killer Kill- Clowns from yep. Outer Space. So, like, the stuff that was, like, very – that's very Corey-esque. Yeah, yeah and the, yeah. the thing is we've – I mentioned it before on the limo episode, but on Podcast After Dark, we reviewed uh, Return of the Living Dead Part mm-hmm. 2, and I guarantee you that we will get to Killer Clowns from Outer Space probably next year. Good. You should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very Podcasting After Dark episode. Yes. So. Uh, all right. So, a late, uh, waitress drops off um, an apple pie, and Audrey doesn't want any. She doesn't give a reason. Reason she just starts shaking her head, which is really fucking weird to me. Yep. Um, but Jerry, on the other hand, also is being really weird because he's pushing like an asshole. Like now, granted, Audrey's being very weird because particularly the no reason thing. Just say no, thank you. I'm not hungry. Fucking lie. Do something. But you're acting like a psycho because of it. And actually, we're going <laughs> to hear that I later. I love um, that one. No, I'm not a psycho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Jerry is pushing really he's like forcibly pushing so i want to be like fuck you jerry but it is kind of strange that she's not giving any reason yeah 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 it is yeah it's all anyone wants is not i'm full like something that's all someone wants it's like okay anything. It's fine. yeah yeah so uh we cut to jerry and george at his place he's telling george about the whole pie ordeal uh jerry then mentions that they talked about you know uh, the one thing they talked about was wanting to having moving walkways all over the city. George gets really excited about that. I just thought it was cute. <laughs> I, I did too. And he, and he locks into it for the rest of the scene, which is great. He does. He does. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Elaine comes in uh, while they're talking about all that. And uh, she overhears. There's no reason for her to not taste that pie. And immediately she's like, dump her. And <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it is funny, but I find it very becoming, uh, you know, uh, as a trope of Seinfeld yes. is, to just dump women for one minute detail that has no issue. And like maybe they're already starting to play on that because they've done it a few times. But, like, you know, it's just like I found it kind of a meta joke. Yes, I completely agree. And, and the question is, does it feel meta because of what happens after and the direction it goes? Or, you know, but you're right. It They have already started doing that and that these girlfriends – are becoming like just one phrase. Like it, it is what mm-hmm. they are, you know? And, and yeah, there's, and there's no like extra dimension to them either. Unfortunately, sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, Kramer then comes in and with a great shirt, he, by the way, I, I didn't notice his shirt. It's just got a bunch of lobsters on it. I loved it. Uh, it was okay. great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and he wants Elaine to start standing a certain way, which she does. And then it kind of, yes, he clicks, it clicks for him. She, there's apparently a mannequin that looks exactly like her. So he, uh, she's all excited. He's all excited about what the heck's going on. So um, a weird little 
thing where he's got an itch on his back and he just grabs Jerry's spatula <laughs> and goes to town on it. Oh no. Oh no, 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 sir. Jerry is the most patient, forgiving man with Kramer. It's it's he really disturbing. is. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 sweet and I like it. And again, it always adds back into the the devil may care attitude that I like about Jerry. Because mm-hmm. he you know, he would he would rather just buy another spatula than, you know, give his friend shit, basically. Yeah. Or or he just knows that it won't matter, you know, because he spent probably the first few years figuring that out. <laughs> and now yeah. it's just like, eh, fuck it. It's just easier to spend five dollars and buy a new spatula. True. But so. but I did like Kramer energy all throughout the scene right here i think it's yep. fun it's good um george wants to join elaine to check out this mannequin because he needs to buy a new suit and the place it's at has suits and they go there and the ama- and the and the mannequin looks a lot like her <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah and george does a nice uh, bo- uh, uh body snatchers reference or pod people reference you know that was pretty good and i like yeah. it because he's like don't go to sleep elaine it's like yeah if you, if you don't you know if you've never seen it you don't get the get the reference but yeah it's it's fun i like that which I'd never seen it, but uh, so yeah. Oh, they so yeah the you just kind of get heard of I've heard of pod people. I mean, yeah, I, I I kind of loosely know it. Honestly, I would I would recommend the because there's multiple versions of Invasions of the Body Snatcher, Snatchers, and I would recommend the 1970 something with uh, uh, Donald Sutherland in it. It's okay. it's pretty fucking freaky. Uh, but the thing is, I, you know the premise. They the, these pod peoples take you over, but it happens when you fall asleep. So okay, all right. Uh, Elaine obviously is like, how the hell did this happen? She's trying to, you know, just kind of go through her head. What is going on? Why would there be a mannequin that looks like me? Uh, George sees a suit that he likes. He holds it up. Did you think that that was a really fucking hideous suit? Because I did. <laughs> yes, of course. It was, it was, it was <laughs> grotesque. But I mean, I, I guess the fashion. So here's what's interesting. I find myself in this mindset sometimes. So as you all know, we kind of go to bed watching Friends and everything with, with my wife. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be like, you know, we're aware that these episodes came out in the 90s. And I'm like, okay. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Ross's jacket looks nice or Chandler's tie looks nice even now. And then mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, that looks terrible. And then you wonder did it look terrible? Like, why didn't it look terrible at the time? Do you know what I mean? Like, why do some things look... uh, Yeah, and so exactly like George's suit, I don't know. It looks terrible now, but maybe? I I don't know exactly what you mean, because my wife and I are starting the kind of the hunt looking for a house in um, kind of, you know, early-esque 2021. Mm -hmm. We're hoping to purchase a house, and we're just starting to, to look at a couple places. And some of like the older places, they have like you know wood paneling on the inside, that kind of old shit. And I look at them like, how the fuck did anyone think this was attractive even back in the day, like, like the seventies or whatever? Yeah, yeah, this is awful looking. And I was talking to other people like, yeah, did it even cost more money to do it? And like, are you fucking kidding me? That cost more money than drywall, and they still did it. The fuck is wrong with them? Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean. I'm not going to lie. You look at some of those 70s pictures, and man, the 70s must have just been a rough time to live during. (laughs) So many browns and, like, mustard Uh, colors and yellows. Oh, God. Yeah. It's rough. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. 
All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. And now, back to the show. Uh, all right, so with this hideous suit, uh, we see a salesperson comes over. She kind of starts talking him up. And as we mentioned before, hinted that there was a, this is a round two type of episode. Uh, this salesperson is played by Christine Dunford, who we la- last saw in season two, The Baby Shower. She plays Leslie, the woman uh, that... George is all mad about because uh, she spilled Bosco yeah. on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. She doesn't even look the same to me. Not um, even. I, I, w- I went down a rabbit hole of just looking at her IMDb. She's got actually a lot of voiceover credits. Uh, she is very prolific. So I was like, oh, that's impressive. But I didn't see like the other Seinfeld credits. So I kind of forgot. Well, I mean, it makes sense with her voice credits because she, you know, says things like, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, I, don't even a, I don't know. How did she say? Fuck you. I mean, I, if I was Elaine, I would have snapped at her kind of like exactly like Elaine. Yeah, of course, of course. But she but she did a great job with her role. Absolutely amazing. She did. She, did. she was perfectly pretentious. Yep. Uh, uh, Elaine was trying to find out where the mannequin came from. The salesperson, she says, I don't know. Of course, she's a salesperson. How the hell would she know? Um, but she's all pretentious about it. And Elaine and them kind of, it's obvious that they're butting heads. Um, so George can't afford the suit. It's too expensive, but this uh, saleswoman tells him there is an unadvertised sale coming soon for half off in just like a couple days. So he's all excited. Okay. I can come get this, uh, this suit. We cut to monks, Elaine Kramer and Jerry are there. Jerry's talking, uh, to some old woman who just offered pie to another, uh, this, this like a British lady just kind of goes up to her, asks her, okay. So he saw this, this thing that happened which relates to exactly what we saw in the first scene. And so he has a good conversation with her. Yeah, because he asks, he's like, so would you like just sit there and shake your head? And I love how she just instantly, she's like, no, I'm not psycho. (laughs) I love that. That was was perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I like how uh, Jerry paid for their tip. He said, ladies, you know, I appreciate your, your input. Let me pay for the tip. And I was like, I fucking love Jerry, man. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's a classy move. Absolutely. Very, very classy. Dude, I you know what sad thing is? I never even would have thought of that. Now I want to do that, you know? Like yeah. I want to be classy like that. Yeah. Like if we had Jerry Seinfeld money, man. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> not not when you have Cartwright of Seinfeld podcast money. <laughs> <laughs> and and no devil may care attitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll leave the, the tip at you know, McDonald's, that's may, maybe it. Taco leave Bell, that, even. Leave that tip on Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I do want to mention, can I bring this up, Corey? Uh, sure. You don't even know what I'm about to bring up, but I'm going to bring something up. So we are watching uh, this episode. I was watching it with my wife. I bring her up damn near every episode now. Um, we had a, a spat last episode, if you remember, about which booth <laughs> yeah. is their booth. Yeah. And you called out Keisha. Which booth is it? Is it the one that Adam's talking about? Is it the one that Corey's talking about? And she vehemently agreed. It's the one I am talking okay. about. It's not the very first booth. <laughs> it's the second booth. But then her and I kind of went down a rabbit hole because some episodes <laughs> she feels it gets moved. Some episodes I don't think that's the case. And they're just moving them. But it doesn't matter. Either way, she agreed with me and not you. So fuck you. <laughs> and and either way, Keisha is always the deciding factor on whomever <laughs> she agrees with. So Keisha, yeah. I will accept that 100%. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, so 
Um, Kramer tries to uh, get his back scratched. Uh, or sorry. Uh, sorry, get his back scratched from Jerry. I like that. <laughs> Jerry's like, no. no. <laughs> you know my, you know my stance on those things. He, yes. Uh, so, and he's about to head out. But on his way out, he talks to the cashier who has really long nails and a very um, go-get-em attitude towards strangers, I guess, and uh, asks him if she wants him to scratch her back or scratch his back. And he's like, yeah. And I'm just like, the fuck is wrong with you, cashier lady? This is a goddamn stranger. Yeah, but that's uh, A, it's Kramer, which I think she's probably seen him a gazillion times. And B, it's Kramer. He's the Kavorka. So I I think at this point moving forward, I think that's the the allure. Um, And as sweet as I I thought Olive was, uh, that poor actress lady had way too much makeup on her face. I was like, oh my. (laughs) She looked like ghostly pale because of it. See, I think they never should have swapped out Ruthie Cohen. Yeah. I think they should have left her in there. She could have scratched and had a whole sexual relationship with Kramer. That's <laughs> yeah. how it should have gone. Yeah, because it's sadly, we, we don't see Olive after this, I don't think, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, Ruthie was in this episode because they were, I guess, shifting switch, uh, shifting shifts. Yeah. Switching, switching shifts. <laughs> Blah. I guess shifting shifts works too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't probably know. A, a Seinfeld, a Cartwright podcast. Either way works. Yeah, whatever. Um, but, but yeah, after this, Olive's gone. I guess she's heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, probably. George is not with them because he's trying to guard the suit. Uh, and we kind of cut back to him. And there's this guy looking very George-esque, a very, <laughs> very round, plump, bald kind of dude Yeah, uh, who is also looking at the suit. He's very much like it. He wants to go buy it. And so George kind of like talks him out of it a little bit, trying to play it off uh, and trying to tell him, oh, no, no, it'll be, it'll be cheaper later. Um so, but then the saleswoman comes in and kind of fucks over that thing. So now we have a whole competition between George and this other dude. Right. So George also sees the Elaine mannequin uh, nude as it's being changed into new clothes, um, which obviously makes him thinking about Elaine. And I'm not going to lie, still to this day, when I see that naked Elaine mannequin, I'm like, that's hot. <laughs> Well, keep keep it in line with the season of sleaze. Uh, I'm I'm glad you said it because those were literally going to be the exact words out of my mouth. I've always kind of, even as a kid, I was like, you know, like excited about <laughs> yeah. it. And now, even as an adult, I'm like, you know, because you can kind of just piece it together, and you're like, mm, yeah. that's that's kind of hot. Not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Exactly. Even at the age of 42, it's still kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the imagination. Yep, hey, goes wild. The imagination is a beautiful thing. It is. <laughs> yes, sir. Especially when thinking about <laughs> Julia Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> Especially when things get sleazy. Yes. All right. Uh, Jerry's out on another date with Audrey. Uh, they're at her father's restaurant. Jerry can't get over the original pie thing, and he kind of keeps bringing it up. She still won't answer him as to why she didn't want it. Uh, and then enter Poppy, Yay. a reoccurring character. Yeah, first entrance of Poppy, first time we've seen him. I kind of forgot she was Poppy's daughter. He, he, like, up until mm. this moment, I was like, oh, oh, this is Poppy's first episode. Didn't even yeah. sort of click it together until now. Yeah, it's very nice to see him. Uh, and he says he's going to make them a special dinner um, just for them. So Jerry has to run to the restroom, so he does so, runs into Poppy there. Um, but Poppy, talking to Jerry, just starts fixing his collar, zips up, and walks out without washing his hands. Oof. Yeah. Buddy boy. 
<laughs> that is grotesque, and I am on Jerry's side with the rest of the episode about it. Um, <laughs> real quick, though, did you notice that this is the same restaurant set as the one where last season where Elaine flashes her cleavage? And yes. Yeah. So to this, uh, Bob Balaban. Yep, yes. Yep. Or to uh, Russell. To, Russell, to, yeah, uh, Dow Ripple. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is another like set that is being sort of re reissued or remade yep. or whatever. I did notice that. Absolutely. Um, okay, so Jerry goes back to the table, and now he's acting very weird. And by weird, I mean exactly the way Audrey was acting in the first scene. Um, we get close-ups of Poppy making their food with his hands, and it's disgusting. And I'm going to share a little, just a little story with you. Um, why I, I mean, one... It's gross. I mean, it just doesn't taste all that good. I'm talking about fondant uh, on cakes. If you know, have you ever had fondant on a cake? No, I don't even know what that is. Okay, it, it's fondant is. Um, think of like Play-Doh with sugar. Okay, that's it's used by by cake decorators when they're like doing particularly sculpting things okay. or whatnot because it is basically can mold a lot like Play-Doh, but it is edible. Um, and you know, it's it's. But it's got like that. It's not what you see the little flowers, but I think those are just made out of frosting. It, it's it's like uh, the, it depends. Well, you can make flowers out of fondant. You can make them okay. out of buttercream. Okay. You can make them out of royal icing. You can make. I mean, I I don't know what kind. I also used to work at a company where we where I videoed cake decorating. So Uh-oh. if you want to talk into this shit, <laughs> I can go. I can go deep in there. I'm just, but I'm, this is wondering why, where this was coming from. So this is this is where I'm. This is where it's leading to me. <laughs> Because I worked at that company, guys and gals, uh, I'm just as shocked as all of you are right now. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I'm like, too bad. "It's gonna, it's going to tie in." I, I believe it. Because I worked at that company, I saw how much the cake deckers have to manhandle the fondant. Like they are rubbing it with their hands like crazy, and not saying they're not like ever washing their hands and whatnot. But you just the, the tight shot of Poppy's hands made me kind of flashback to my time with this company seeing like and editing these videos where they're just like just manhandling the fondant and putting on and i used to be a guy i mean i'm still a fat guy but i used to be the dude that's like oh there's sugar in it i'll fucking eat it and so i ate fondant i never like never thought it was great but if no one else is eating it i will um but then after seeing how much handage goes into it <laughs> i am like never again no i'm a, i'm an all buttercream cake man well yeah i'm a yeah i mean i like a, and like i assume a, you mean they weren't wearing gloves right they they were gloveless oh, no, 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 no. you yeah. don't you don't you don't wear yeah because you need like the heat from your hands you need oh. all that kind of stuff okay um, it kind of help shape it but it is it is gross i mean you put a little crisco on your hand to help it be a little like less sticky and all that stuff but it is still it's just gross yeah I, and yes i'm with you i'm not a fan of that that is gross and for some reason anytime edible hand stuff comes into play i always flash back to mall rats when he rubs the chocolate into mr Svenning's hands yeah. and everything and he yeah, licks his fingers good, and stuff you know that it kind of always goes shots. back to that cuz it's just the idea that like even if poppy's hands are clean like there's still like f- molecules of stuff under your fingernails and stuff so i'm just like yeah not a big fan of that yeah uh, yep. All right. So, I mean, I think everybody has a, a moment like that that's turned them off from some kind yeah. of food. Yeah, I think so. so. All right. Kramer, we cut to him, and he just he's taking all of the cashier out. We're just seeing, like, their relationship kind of progressing. Um, Poppy serves them a pizza. And to me, I'm like, you're doing a fancy dinner just for your kid on a date, and you feed them pizza? Yeah. It's like, how you fucking kidding? How special is that dough going to be that you, you may? Yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. It should have been something more extravagant than just a nice mm-hmm. pizza. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but, you know, 
That's 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 Poppy for you. Uh, so he serves them. Jerry just shakes his head. No, nope, refuses mm. to take it, just like what she did. Yeah, the same parallel, which is funny. A nice little like a callback joke type of thing. Yep, exactly. At the apartment, Jerry and George, they're eating cereal. I'm like, what the fuck? They're just two guys sitting there. It, it reminded me of the Lloyd Braun yeah. coming up. Where there's like just a couple of guys here chewing gum, but just a couple of two dudes eating cereal. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't tell what it looked like either uh, Pops or probably Captain Crunch to me, but it did, not that it really matters. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I thought it looked more Pop-esque, Pops-esque. Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love how he's like, yeah, watching Poppy knead that dough. It was a wild scene. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, Jerry tells him all about, you know, what happened. Kramer comes in, and he returns the spatula because he doesn't need it anymore. He's got olive. Uh, Jerry, I do like, he immediately grabs it, like, with a distance, drops it in the trash. Yeah, and I think on Hulu, because they do the, the crappy widescreen zoom in, uh, mm-hmm. the, the spatula just kind of falls. I swear to God, I can remember it falling into the trash yeah. can in the regular. It is out of frame. Yeah, it's out of yeah. frame. That's one of the it's one of the few times. It doesn't happen often, but it is one of the few times where that whole zoom in crap actually cuts out like a part of the joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And overall, Kramer is just excited about Olive. Uh, George realizes he needs to head to the store to grab the suit, which he does. And the other guy is feverishly looking for the suit. Where is it? He needs to find it. And George just kind of casually strolls in, looks in this other section. Oh, who put this here? He got the suit. He outwitted the guy. I I am for George in yes. this moment. <laughs> I mean, he does get a little cocky. He starts, yeah. you know, crossing that line into cocky George, so he will get his comeuppance. But, you know, <laughs> it is fun. It, it was fun to see him win this one. Yep. So, obviously, that other guy is pissed off. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that'll come back. <laughs> well, he, he does vow revenge. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more than just pissed off. He vows yeah. revenge. So, uh, Elaine and Jerry are at Monk's. Um, and I have written down still at the wrong booth, which one, which one they're in. Not that it really matters. Um, but uh, she's trying to figure out who did the mannequin still. George walks in with a suit. He's all excited. It still looks ugly to me. And he chose like a paisley tie, which also yeah. looked hideous. Like very contrasting um, like fabric or, or different uh, patterns there. It, it was no. He, he's no. Yeah. I, I, not feeling it, man. And I'm, I just, yeah. I'm just curious if we would have felt it back then. I, I have no clue, but it looks fucking horrible all yeah. around. Yeah, I mean, it looks uh, almost like I don't know, partly, partly brownish, but it's striped yeah. with like a either bluish or reddish kind of opposing stripes. Yeah, like a checkered pattern or something, something on it. I, it's, I, um, I thought it was appalling. I was like, yeah. no, 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 none of this is good. Very true. But I, you know, I mean, we talked about this before. My fashion sensibilities is that of a grip. I wear, you know, yeah. uh, camo cargo shorts with it with a black t-shirt. That's that's my fucking grip style and a cap. You know. Yeah. So what do I? What do I know? Yeah, <laughs> grips are. Grips are unique people. I know. <laughs> and I was never really a grip, but I mean, I was a photo assistant uh, for uh, a few years. But yeah, I definitely always related more to the grips. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, 
often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. The, uh, George and Elaine notice this swishing sound. It's the fabric. It's rubbing between his thighs. Oh my gosh, it freaks George out. He's got this interview, and he's all worried because the, the guy who's doing the interview is kind of like, you know, he thinks he's a hard ass and that kind of thing. Fired somebody for some crazy reason before, so he thinks it's going to hurt his chances. Yeah. Kramer comes in and tells Jerry that uh, Audrey was here earlier. Not like just earlier in the day, eating an apple pie. Um, and so obviously George, Jerry's like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, then a random dude comes in, points to Elaine. D- do I know you? <laughs> He's referring to the, you know, you were wearing like this uh, lacy thing and a pointy bra. <laughs> yeah, pointy bra. <laughs> it's the mannequin. She's going to be wearing some dominatrix gear or something. So Elaine and Jerry go to check it out. And uh, it's in this uh, precocious position. Uh, bent over getting spanked. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a mannequin, but that's pretty risque for TV, you know? Yeah. Well, and for a fucking suit shop. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, now that's, yeah, that's silly. Obviously, they did that to fuck her back because she was being, you know, yeah, Elaine. Exactly. Uh, So the saleswoman refuses to stop putting the mannequin in these kind of positions. She just wants to piss off Elaine. Uh, so she heads to go talk to the manager and Elaine says, fuck this. I'm grabbing the, the mannequin and heads out. And so it's exactly what she does. And, and there's some fun wordplay because she says Jerry's mm-hmm. her legal counsel. And then yeah. Jerry's like, you know, I wouldn't advise this, you know, it's cause he, he, I love how, you know, she calls him his legal counsel and then he just, just goes right into that role. It's almost like an M for him. It's almost like an improv exercise. And I think I'm just realizing that now in Jerry's personality, hmm. sometimes when he goes with things, I wonder if, you know, as a comedian, he probably has improv background. And I'm talking about the, the character, Jerry. And mm-hmm. maybe to him for these moments where he's just like, fuck it, I'll go with it. I wonder if that's like an improv uh, exercise for him just to, to kind of keep his chops up. I mean, yeah, I know I mean, he's not known as an improv comic, but you know, I think all comics, comedians probably, you know, they, they try different styles to kind of get a broader range of, of comedy out there. Yeah, that's valid. That'd be interesting if that was the case. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so they are driving back, and I I like this line from <laughs> from Jerry, just fucking with Elaine. Well, you, it, it's um, you know, one of those old school cars where there's it's got a bench seat in the front, and so it's Jerry, this the mannequin, and then Elaine in the passenger far passenger seat. And he's like, I don't know about you, but I'm getting the hankering for some double mint gum. <laughs> yep, <laughs> just. It's just fuck. I it's know. Funny. I I wrote that down. Double McGum reference. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. I was like, and then I was wondering, 
do they is that still an ad campaign that they do because i haven't seen commercials in forever you know once you yeah. cut the cord and and you, yeah you know you even even if you don't pay for like the hulu upgrade or something you, the commercials that you see are more like still like web style commercials you know like mm-hmm. internet commercials so it's yeah. never like normal tv commercials so i truly haven't seen like tv commercials in for like years forever so i was like oh wow i wonder if the double mcgum thing is like still around i wonder if double mcgum period is still around yeah <laughs> true uh i'm i'm with you man I, I cut the cord long ago and i only really see commercials from youtube mm. uh because i don't pay for youtube red yeah um or even whatever it's called it might still be called that or youtube tv or whatever the fuck but yeah that kind of thing um, all right, so we cut to the interview with George that he's having. The swishing is happening. He's trying to play it off as if he's not hearing it. It's great. Um, yeah, and, it's great. It's just funny. And another, uh, this restaurant we've seen before, I think it was mm. the beginning of this season when him and his dad uh, had to go eat there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. It's, it's the, like the their go-to alternate restaurant that, yeah. that I think well, was, we both had a problem with. Because yeah, we were like, just him, show us at mom's. his mom and yep. and Frank. It yep. was all three of them. It was the Costanzas. Yep. And I, I can't remember exactly what the scene was, but I, but I have it the vision mm-hmm. in my head. So uh, Jerry goes to Poppy's to confront Audrey uh, about the whole pie thing. And uh, aboard a health guy comes in also, also at this time who takes Poppy. Uh, and a funny line here from Jerry who says, well, Poppy's a little sloppy. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Not much. Not much like intense depth with this episode mm. that I'm getting, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. No, it's so. fun. I mean, like, like you said, that that line is good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Jerry's interview. Or sorry, George's interview is going really well. Um, he's you know they're all laughing because you know about the the BS of being worried about the swishing and all that kind of shit and um, you know no this other guy got fired not for a not because his nose whistled, but because he was he wasn't a team player. Yeah. Then he gives a little thing about he only wants people who are fully team players and you know always go with what he says, which is kind of a bullshit thing as an employer. If you're hiring only people who just go with your whatever and that's it, then you're not going to really go anywhere as a company. You need people who will challenge you. Yeah, that's my little management, <laughs> like you know, uh, red light going off for people out there. If you've ever hired somebody, hire somebody you know who can think a little differently than you. Yes, they need to be able to do their, do the job, but who, you know, who has some different ideas than you or different um, expertise yeah. or specialties than you. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah, I've always subscribed to the idea that, like, you know, a company or a team, it should be like G.I. Joe, where every single person mm. is, like, the specialized sort of best person in that scenario, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, so uh, they get a pie free from the chef. Wow, that's not strange at all or, or uh that's not you know um what's the word normal that's <laughs> no. not normal <laughs> no it's it's when like it doesn't fucking matter that's not strange at all um <laughs> i'm just i'm having a problem i don't know what the hell it is um but it's uh, compliments of the chef george looks over over quickly and he sees that guy that he fucked over with the suit mm-hmm. yep. suspicious suspicious <laughs> is the word i was trying to think of there you go we got there and that, that was a perfect word that would have been good for it yes and i fucked it up yes you are correct and yes a pie magically appearing there would be suspicious yes so now granted that has happened before if you're spending a bunch of money yeah at places they'll do it um anyway suspicious here all right the dude 
uh, this guy, the employer who's doing the interview, he wants George to take a bite. And he's like doing it, you know, as part of the team. And George is shaking his head exactly <laughs> as we've seen two other people before. I always appreciated that. But what I do not appreciate here is, is the is the guy, the boss, trying yes! to feed him? The feed fuck him is the that? fucking thing? I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I know. Like, he was his girlfriend? I mean, first yeah. off, it's funny that the other guy's like, eat it, George. Be one of us or whatever he says. Like, that's funny. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, like, why is the boss trying to, like, feed it to him like a baby? <laughs> that's weird. And maybe that's my only thing that came to my thought <laughs> is maybe this is why Audrey didn't want the piece mm. from Jerry because Jerry was feeding it from his fork that he was look, looking on and yeah. stuff like that because I've been with people who, you know, they don't even, even though like, you know, we're dating or whatnot, especially if it's early dating, you don't eat off of each other's forks. Maybe she's a bit germaphobe on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Jerry, who's becomes a much bigger germaphobe later would probably not appreciate that kind of stuff. Now, they haven't really put that into his character as of yet. He's clean, but he's not like the massive more germaphobe that we'll get, I feel, in other episodes. Yeah, I think I think the big showcase one is the uh, the girl from Sex in the City where he drops her toothbrush into mm-hmm. the toilet. I, yeah, I think that's yeah. going to be the biggest like showcase of his germaphobia, and probably. I think that's not for a, f- a few seasons. Yep, so. Um, but yeah... I'm with George on this one. That's fucking weird. To, I don't want to eat off of your fork. Well, That's I mean, just... yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, and, and, you know, he makes the right choice ultimately because, you know, he doesn't have probably explosive diarrhea for whatever <laughs> happens. But, yeah, like, you Would know, you, you... Wh- question, question. Would you get explosive diarrhea to get a job? No, I because I've quit really good jobs because I I hated people. I don't. I've never cared about having jobs. Like I've always been more of the the uh, you know mindset entrepreneur sort of mindset of trying to do yeah. my own thing. So no, I would never get explosive diarrhea for a job. There's another job around the corner. I'm a lemming, and if it was a good job and I hadn't really had anything, I would have easily taken it one <laughs> night of explosive diarrhea. <laughs> Just to get a good job for years. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a gazillion other things that I would choose. Like, I would take the explosive diarrhea to get. You know what I mean? But like a well paying job, yeah, it's never been my high priority in life. <laughs> would you get explosive diarrhea for one night with Julie Louise Dreyfus? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Would you get explosive diarrhea for one night with? The Elaine lookalike mannequin. Yeah, probably. I mean, because <laughs> nine times out of ten, I'm going to get explosive diarrhea anyway, so yeah, so I might go. as well enjoy it. But ultimately, I don't want to. I don't even want a job. So you know yeah, what I okay. mean? <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. I love the idea of not having a job. <sighs> Damn economics. Damn economics. Society. <laughs> We're living in a society, and they have economics, Corey, so I have to have a job. All right. Uh, we are at Monk's, and Kramer needs to tell Olive that he lost the itch, and, you know, he kind of lost interest in her because of it. I call a little bit of bullshit here. Itch or no itch, having your back scratch feels good. Yeah. No, that's crazy talk on Kramer's part. I mean, I would kill to have my back scratched every single goddamn night. And if she's willing to yes. do it, great. I'm, I imagine there's something else about her that he doesn't like. But, yeah, and, and you know, this little story arc was a little in and out, you know, quick yeah. through. So, unfortunately. But, yeah, the motivation to kind of, like, let her go wasn't really there for me because, I'm mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you, man. Always. Never not want my back scratched. I would... I don't really get massages very often. It's it's rare, maybe once every like couple years. But honestly, 
I much prefer just sitting, laying down and having my back scratched. And if I had some, exactly, someone who, you know, I, uh, who would do that every fucking night, hell yes. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, man. I'm like a dog. My wife is a cat. She doesn't want to, like, sometimes be messed with or whatever. I'm a dog. Mm-hmm. I just flop down on you and I just, just touch any part of me. Just rub my arms. Yeah. I don't care, but just touch me at all points mm-hmm. in time. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So uh, Kramer lies to her and says that he's seeing someone else. He points to the mannequin in Jerry's car because it looks just like Elaine. And, you know, the lady's like, no, I've seen her in here. That kind of thing. Thinking that, that it's Elaine. Uh, and then he kind of goes in to go, you know, try to prove that he's with her. And some minor physical comedy yeah, that works. It's fine. With him fiddling with, uh, you know, the mannequin. Ha, ha, ha. As, as it falls apart in his hands. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's so, fine. That was, uh, like you said earlier to that other bit, you know, it's fine. This was fine. Yeah. Um, George asks about the riddle of the pie. Yeah. Well, uh, well we should it, note that this is now technically a stinger because uh, it's, yeah, it's during right. the, the, the credits where we would have gotten the stuff. So now we've this is another episode with no final stand up. Um, and yep. spoiler alert, so is the, the next one after this. So it's interesting that it seems like mid season five, they're starting yeah. to push away from two stand ups and, and just having the one at the beginning. I'm sure we will get some more episodes before the season is over that have stand-ups at the, at, at the end, and I'm sure it'll happen in next season, but I do remember them sort of starting to sort of push away from having too much mm-hmm. stand-up on the show. Because, I mean, remember earlier seasons had, like, three bits throughout yeah, the actual a couple, episode. Yeah, a couple in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, talks about the, the riddle of the pie. In comes Elaine, and she got a letter from a friend who also saw a mannequin that looks like her. So now there's just, wh- who the hell is making these? And then we cut to Ricky, mm-hmm. who is the character that we met uh, on the train in the episode of the Cigar Store Indian, mm-hmm. like five episodes back or yep. something like that this season. It's the TV Guide guy. Yeah. Sam Lloyd. Love Sam Lloyd. Rest rest in peace. Yep. Um, R.I.P. T- uh, he plays Ted in Scrubs for most famously. Uh, but he's the one because he was obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. You know, he made the t- TV Guide bouquet <laughs> for her. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and that's kind of funny, honestly. I I really enjoyed them bringing him back and making that just like a, a funny little a little tag. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I enjoyed that as yeah. well. So, um, yeah. What uh, what'd you think of this one, buddy? Why don't you take us off into the stratosphere? So I'm not gonna lie. I I'm really feeling like this season has given us gold, Corey. Gold, gold. Yeah. Um, another very solid episode in my opinion. I like that the head shake from Audrey comes back. You know couple times it's really like you know how it should be done in writing uh, and it works really well seeing it both george and jerry uh elaine in the mannequin thing is very funny yeah i think that mannequin is hot when it got undressed um that's not the only reasoning for my score but um you know it is it is wrapped up really well with the bringing back of the ricky character i thought that was really funny and something that doesn't happen all the time I really enjoyed it. Kramer and his scratch thing was easily my least favorite. Yeah. Uh, and I felt an unneeded storyline. It does piss me off that Audrey didn't say any reasoning at the beginning. Just I'm, I'm a pretty open and honest person, um, maybe to a fault sometimes, but I don't care. I like just, just fucking tell me. And if you, if you don't want to eat off my fork or if you're afraid you saw me, you know, whatever, or something like that, or if you, I don't know. Um, so I'm kind of with him or Jerry on that, but Jerry was being a complete asshole uh, but overall, I was very happy with it. So I gave it a nice above average, like kind of maybe, I, you know, if we did quarter ones, I might have given it a 3.75, but I leaned on the positive. I gave it four out of five swishy suits. 
Whoa, four out of five. Holy macaroni. Nice, buddy. I'm <laughs> hey, I'm I'm glad you like this one, dude. Um I I, d- I don't know, I d- but I just I just like things about it. Hey, that's 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 a okay in my book, my man. I was a smidge cold on it overall. I didn't want to be, you know. I was kind of actually right when I saw Suzanne Snyder, I was like, oh cool, I'm excited to sort of see her again. I didn't think she really had that much to do in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love Kramer's storyline too much here, mm-hmm. although I did love his energy early on. So there was this constant like tugging and back and forth and everything about how I was feeling about the episode. And the biggest problem I had ultimately was they didn't even give us any answer for the the pie. And I thought that Mm. that was very lazy writing. You could have done some sort of punchline there. You could have put something in there. But the fact that we walked away not knowing what the pie thing was I was already ready to give it kind of a lower score. That being said, this is one of those moments where talking to you about the episode, I think you, what you brought to the table with why she didn't eat the pie, you know what? I was like, you know what? That's potential. Pro- yeah, it's, it's, but it's a very likely potential. And I think you're probably right about it. It was probably too early. And, and also, too, you know, there are some people who are like, I don't use a pet nickname as baby on me. Like, I'm not a baby. And so she might mm-hmm. be like one of those people, like, don't try to feed me. I'm not a child. Like, we don't know. We don't know what that weird internal tick is for her. Uh, cause we unfortunately don't get to spend that much time with her. And it's also weird that, that this is her second episode, even though Poppy's going to recur, she's not, mm-hmm. you know, as his daughter, yeah. I don't think. So that, that's kind of interesting. But so what was originally, I think for me, kind of a 2.5, it bumped up to a three, wow. a three TR six mannequins out of five. The TR6 okay. is the name of yeah, the Elaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, yeah, so we were definitely definitely on different it, wavelengths. It, you thought very mediocre all the way, and I was like, I was into it. Yeah, so. and then I think your your enthusiasm for the episode probably bumped up the score a little. Yeah. I'll admit it. Like, it bumped it's up. It's happened before. Yeah, it's happened before. Yeah. It bumped it up. I, from I, a, I've done the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, so, and it's I had fun. a 4.5, and then your excitement gave me, like, fuck it, it's a 5. <laughs> I remember on one of them. Yeah, dude. So, so yeah, and, but, you know, even though if it ultimately was a 2.5, it's by no means bad. And I think you're right. Like, even this season, like, you know, I was like, okay, is it really a 2.5 this season compared to a 2.5 of the of another season? Mm. Are they the same level? No, that's the thing. This is a 2.5 is already raised higher because this yeah, season gotcha. is just so fucking good overall, yeah. you know? So Very true. it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's it. I But I'm with you, buddy. It's still a fun episode. Ain't... N- ain't nothing really wrong with it. It just didn't, you know, kind of blow my mind too much. That being said, still love seeing the naked Elaine mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know yep. what else is, you know what's the equivalent of the naked Elaine mannequin in the BFOP network? What's that? Throwback Trivia Takedown. Oh, Throwback Trivia Takedown, which is a nostalgic trivia podcast that I do with my brother each and every week and you guys should check it out it's on different pop culture questions from the 70s 80s and 90s and I think it's a lot of fun we're getting I feel like pretty decent traction on the on the show and we're enjoying it yeah so um check that one out check out blast from our past that I do with my brother on all different things nostalgia movies music top 10 reviews or top 10s uh, lists and um fan castings things like that and aren't you and your brother on ready to retro this month talking about scrooged i believe we are they're doing a uh christmas um a holiday uh month 
I think or like at least a couple weeks and so they had us bring uh, they brought us on on Scrooge to ask us what we wanted to do John and I have different ideas I love a Christmas story he hates it uh, and so we were trying to figure out what was something that we liked and we talked Scrooge which actually I thought was a really fun episode to talk because um, it's it's one of those overlooked Christmas movies a lot of people forget about it but it is pretty damn good oh that's uh, that's funny because that's literally uh, it's it's for me it's almost an even tie between Muppets Christmas Carol and Scrooge those are <laughs> my I mean, two I'm favorite talking to Corey. Christmas cookies. talking to Corey right now yeah, yeah. that's you're not everybody. Yeah, I know. You're I know. But, dude, I love me some Muppets Christmas Carol, buddy. Yeah. We're Marley and Marley. Ooh. Um, <laughs> this is going to be, what's that? What's that phrase? Uh, hot take? I don't care for any fucking Muppet thing ever. <laughs> None of them are good. The show is not funny. Every fucking movie that I've seen has not been enjoyable. And I've seen... A good few, enough to know that I don't fucking like the Muppets. I'm sorry. They're not good. Well, hot take. <laughs> on that hot take, uh, please check out our pals over at Ready to Retro. Um, <laughs> they're, they're not in our network, but we have a really good uh, friendship with yeah. them, and they're a great group of people. I've been on this show before, so it's uh, it's it's Ready with the number two and mm-hmm. then Retro. You guys can uh, find them. They're actually mostly like on Instagram. They don't even mess with Facebook. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, F Facebook, man. Who gives a shit about that? I mean, I barely do any of our stuff on Facebook anymore, I too. I mean, there's some things. It's just like it's hard to, to put that much time into so many different social medias and, and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, check check out those guys, Ready to Retro, good people. And I really, really can't wait to listen to the Scrooge episode because I love that fucking movie. Cool. What's, your th- right. what's your thoughts on uh, 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 Christmas Vacation? Um, I really have seen it only once, okay. and I think it was on TV. Okay. And I think it's the kind of movie that I probably need to see not on TV. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Julie Louise Dreyfus is in it. So, you know, maybe, yeah. <laughs> we should, maybe. at some point we should probably just review it just for fun on the uh, on Cartwright, yep. you know. <laughs> maybe yep. put it on the Patreon or Funny. something. So Yeah, give give, them, give those people something. <laughs> Other than all the extra seasons, the previous seasons that they can listen to. Exactly, exactly. But, so. <laughs> yeah. um, now, one thing that I get excited about each and every week is Podcasting After Dark. Corey, could you please tell everybody about that? Yeah, Podcasting After Dark is a cult movie podcast that I do with our pal, Zach, and uh, we kind of tread different waters. At at its core, at its base, we talk about cult movies, but we've branched off into cult comic books. We, we dipped our toe in that recently, and uh, this week, when you're listening to this episode, we will be dropping our second episode of a spinoff show called TV of Obscura, where we talk about mm-hmm. crazy cult TV shows that no one fucking knows. I didn't even know when Zach, you know, said what he, <laughs> like, what was he was going to bring to the table. I'm like, I have never yeah. even fucking heard of this. So uh, ch- check that out. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun. We, we, you know, we interview people. We have our interview with Mark Ralston uh, over mm-hmm. there. and if Which you- was awesome. Awesome, Thank by you. the way. We've been getting really good feedback on that. It's because he's so fucking nice. And, and if you guys don't know... <laughs> he's so positive. He's so positive and cool. And, and if you guys don't know, he plays uh, Boggs in um, mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption. And he also plays Drake, the heavy machine gunner in uh, Aliens. So and it's funny because on, on he, he, he talks about on the interview how he introduced his son. His son was like 12 or something or 13 or 14, somewhere in that age. And he was like, Dad, I want to see Shawshank, you know, finally. And his dad's like, okay. 
okay, you know, Mark Rawson's like, I'll, I'll show you, but just know <laughs> that my character Boggs has literally nothing in common with me at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but he's a great no. fucking guy, man. He's really yeah. nice. You could tell. You could absolutely tell that from the interview. Now, I mean, I, Shawshank's my favorite movie of all time. Um, and, I mean, one of the best lines is, you know, where um, Red is. They're, they're talking about him, and they're like, oh, it's something about him being homosexual. It's like, he's a, he's not homosexual because you have to be human first. Yeah. And Boggs is an inhuman bastard. Yes. Um, and that's definitely not Ralston. I mean, to me, as much as I am a, a Shawshank fan, it is, it is, as I said, it is my favorite movie. It's going to be really hard to dethrone that probably till the day I die because I watch it about at least once a year. And every time I do, I'm just like, God damn, how is this getting better? And it does. Yeah. Um, but still, to me, even though as good of a of a performance as Ralston does as Boggs, he's forever Drake. I mean, <laughs> you I, see him and I think Drake. He, in, in the interview, he tells a story of when he's auditioning for Shawshank Redemption and mm-hmm. Frank Darabont, the director, kept like walking <laughs> by and walking by and Mark was like, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? And then so Frank, he didn't know that Frank Darabont was the director. And so Frank Darabont like, came up to him and was like, and basically fanboyed out about aliens. He was like, you're, you're Drake. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're fucking Drake, man. So he's, it was, it's a great interview. It's one that just like, one of those interviews where afterwards I was like, I want to watch his movies again because I like him more now, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those interviews and it's, it's good shit. So uh, it's, and it's on the free feeds and I think we're, it's just going to live there because I think it's a good example of what we offer on Patreon. So go check that out. But um, as, as Adam mentioned earlier, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> you know, we do have a Patreon for Cartwright and it's where we keep our complete ad free back catalog of episodes. So, Ooh, buddy, this one is probably going to be, I think, episode number 80. I won't know until I'm in uh, hmm. uh, Squarespace, you know, like doing the episodes mm-hmm. or whatever. But I think this is around episode 80. So there's like 79 episodes ad-free for one freaking dollar a month that you can go yeah. and access. And, uh, you know, re-listen to it to your heart's content, you know. Go through the <laughs> whole series again. We, we, don't, we don't mind. Listen to the show multiple times. <laughs> yeah. For one dollar, it's definitely worth your time. And you know what? If we if we can find the time to get some kind of um, bonus content in there, uh, that'd be that'd be fun as well. Yeah, I think so. so. Well, we're in, Adam and I are always talking about not only like what we're gonna do after the show. If there's a way we can revisit it, should we just like put it to rest, or can we kind of recircle back around? We'll we'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, but we love it. We love you know what you guys are, are you know we love all the love and support that you guys have shown us. It's been yes. unbelievably amazing. So thank you all so so much, and we will see you back next week with the stand in. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies... TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion, you're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>